Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter the code BADCHRISTIAN to get $55 in free postage, a a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Today's show is also sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, and right now you can try it for free. Just visit ZipRecruiter.com slash BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Was that a creature? Shut up, Joey! Start the show! (laughs) Devil! (laughs) Satan! (laughs) Bad Christian! Start to smoke marijuana! Start to smoke marijuana! It's the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. My yeah, no, God. I actually, I actually did the back masking thing at Toys R Us. There's a toy where you could record your voice and hit backwards. And I did do, and my brother was there, and we died laughing because we watched all the youth ministry videos on back masking and demons living inside of secular music, not even demonic, satanic music, but secular music. And sure enough, if you say another one rides the butt, I mean, another one, that's a weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> another one rides another the one bus. Rides the bus. Uh, oh another one gosh. bites the dust, and you hit backwards. It says, start to smoke marijuana. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Start to smoke marijuana. See, that is the type of stupid thing that is so frustrating because you it's, a, it's very motivated. Like, if you want to find something, you can find it. And that's who spent their time finding start to smoke. You have to be looking for it to find it. That's the whole point. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's completely suggestive, and there's a lot of stuff like that that's driving me crazy. And I want to talk about that today. But let me take a second at the top of the show to say Emory has new tour dates that are on sale, and these are good ones. These are I'm talking about Emory and the band 68, which is. Josh Scoggin from Norma Jean, and he's got a drummer who I've not met yet, but I know 68, and they are a great band. Yeah, um, they are. And I'm very looking forward to having them on tour with us. Um, our tours, this is crazy, but it's true. Our tours are getting bigger and better now at this point in our career. We're selling more tickets, and th- it's just working. And I don't know what else to say other than thank you to podcast it's audience and everybody else, because I'm Satan. sure that's a part of it. But it's fun to get out. It's fun to meet people. We still have a good time doing it. And uh, we're going to be playing a new, some new stuff in the set. Maybe some new songs. Maybe some songs that Emery's never played live before. Ooh. Hint, hint. We'll see how it goes. No promises. But on June 1st, we're going to be in Seattle. June 3rd, Portland. June 5th, Sacramento. June 6th, San Diego. June 7th, Pomona. June 8th, Scottsdale, Arizona. And June 9th, we're coming somewhere we haven't been since 2003. El Paso, Texas. Oh, man. So Last go time we get those there tickets. Was with me without you. On yeah, the we played with me without you there in 2003. <laughs> maybe it's a day off. Maybe it was four, but either way, we hadn't been there in 13 plus Good years. God, so we'll give that y'all another crazy. chance. <laughs> I'm excited. El, old El Paso. And let me tell What's you What's the town else? across the street? Juarez? Yeah. Yeah, right, Juarez. The other thing I'd like to tell people is no offense yeah. here, but there are some basic economics to it. Look, if people come to your city and people don't come when you only tour a few weeks a year, you know, I don't mean to like get competition going or lay a guilt trip on you, but uh-huh. we only have a certain amount of days and we only go to the cities that we think are going to be good. So El Paso, I'm looking your way. This is your yeah, chance. D- don't blow it, El Paso. And you are we always on the way there. between Phoenix and San Antonio. Right. So if you can just 
Get us a gas. And money. we love hanging There's out in your chance. city. There's a chance that we'll put it in the in the rotation going forward. So here's your at bat. We'll see how you do. Bring your friends. I've been listening to more Emory these days. By the way, Thank I've been you, checking Joey. out y'all's old stuff. Not rechecking it out, mind you. Thank y'all you. really are super super. Toby and I used I to debate all the time. No, yeah. I, I, you're going to listen to it. No, I don't. Both want of you little bastards are going to listen to what the hell I have to say, and you're going to enjoy it. Toby and I used to debate all the time whether or not I was an Emory fan because I knew you guys, and I'm telling I you, don't want to. Your music is. Your music is so good, I put a tattoo on my arm that says Emory, and it also kept me from... Oh, man, I was going to make fun of depressed people. I can can make fun of depressed people. No, don't. Yes, I can. Make fun of depressed people, then. (laughs) No, I'm not going to. Okay. (laughs) Job well done on your career, though. Toby asked a good question a second ago. He said, if y'all... Uh, if if the crowds start dying down now, do you say, yeah, it just didn't work out? Right, we failed. <laughs> she definitely worked out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the way it is with a marriage. You know, if you if you get divorced after thirty four years, you'd say it didn't work out. Right. I mean, here's I, yeah. Here's I think the that, reason more people are coming is because they're like, well, damn, those guys just don't give up. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta respect that. Gotta shit. Respect the, I mean, that, we're I mean, like I the gotta fifty year old couple that still holds hands. You know, and I mean, just to say, like, what that. the hell do they look like? They do that podcast and then you can't see whatever. Like, well, I just want to see. What they even look like now? That'll be fun to see their uh, their old asses on stage. It will be. Fun, here's what I think me. is here's what I think is interesting is take Jay Z for instance. He is if he's not fifty, he is very close to being fifty years old. Uh-huh. And I think that it's easier for him to be a badass rapper at that age than it is for Toby to be an intense badass screamo uh, singer pull off, at though. this age. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's a lot more awkward. Like, you see an old man but, rapping, you're like, oh, that's dope, man, uh, that guy's cool. It's not like you, you think, s- though. It's really funnier than that. Like, when you see somebody old that can still play guitar, like, we we did some stuff with Mick Marsh from Motley Crue, and he was, I was like, oh, he's old. He can't even do anything. But when his fingers get to going, it's like, holy shit. Like, oh, I know. I, I have this feeling that one day I'll be old and I haven't seen a guitar in 20 years. It's a fantasy. As much as I indulge in fantasy, <laughs> this is my fantasy. I haven't played guitar in 15 years, and I'm 68, 75, maybe years old. And most people have stopped playing guitar by that time because they're into new stuff. And then somebody finds a guitar somewhere, and I go, huh. Yeah. And I just shred on it like it's yesterday. Like I, and nobody else can do it because the rest of society's moved on from rock guitar music. But I'm 75 years old. I can still shred. That's that's me indulging in a, a fantasy. <laughs> you think that's, that might happen? I, no, and it'll happen, but then uh, pan out, and you'll see that you're just having a dream, and you're peeing in your diaper in an elderly home, and you're just acting like you're playing the guitar. Isn't it such a rude awakening when, you know, let's just say you're watching a TV show, and they're just like, up next, we get to see a song performed live by Green Day, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to check that out. The commercials go by, and then Green Day goes on stage, you're like, oh, yeah, they're like old i mean isn't that just so crazy that the the people that we were into the athletes that we were into the actors that we were into they're all now old because they were older than us when we were actually completely ordinary math it's ordinary but it's just crazy see here's the thing i've gone farther than y'all have like i've lived longer than y'all young folks right here something bad just happened i think it's old right before i had to go to the bathroom before we started before we hit record (laughs) And I'm looking at my phone while I'm peeing, and I hear the pee hit the hitting the the water, and so I'm like I'm totally solid. 
And I was like, wait a minute, why is my foot getting? And there was also a second P stream going directly to the right onto oh, the floor. The <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh my God, there's piss everywhere. <laughs> That's the this, worst. I know. I was like, is this because I'm old or what? Like, is it what, what causes the second stream? It just my wiener just has to go. One is just too much now. <laughs> I can't, I got to take a break. I'm going to let this shoot off to the side, Toby. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do like I used to. I'm a good. I'm as good once as I ever was. But right now, dude, I'm taking a break on the right side of your your pee pee. I I recently I wasn't paying attention to my pee either, and the uh, the what do you? It's not a shoestring, but when you're wearing shorts and you tie them, drawstring. It's like a yeah. It's a what? Drawstring. Yeah, drawstring. All my whole stream of urine was hitting that. And so P was just literally going straight to the floor. I mean, if 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 Priscilla came in there when I was done peeing, she would have been like, "How did you piss the floor?" I know, like you didn't get any and, of it in the toilet. And I, and just, I there, wasn't paying there attention. There is no forgiveness about pee splashing or pee on the floor for, from women. No. Oh, they gosh. just think it's, you're disgusting and stupid and awful and mm. terrible. And we have two sons, so that makes it like you know absolutely. At worse. least you can oh. blame them for that. Yeah, that's but, true. I don't know. That's true. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. Uh, I mean, it is very important. The people that you work with, the people that your business hires is one of the most important aspects of your entire life. You spend a lot of time at work. You want to do a good job. You want your Coworkers to do a good job, your employees to do a good job. That's why ZipRecruiter is just so awesome. ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Uh, and these invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter Post a job on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. That's right, folks. One day, you can have a very great, amazing quality candidate. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. So businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free. Did you hear me? Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. I'm going to say it one more time because I don't want you to miss out on this free, amazing ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm going to try to get myself in hot water. Do y'all mind if I try to? Oh, is this the wow. outrage stuff? You're outraged about something you were saying. <laughs> I'm not outraged. You're uh, angry. I'm, You're old. No, and I'm angry. angry in general at the way people think about stuff, and sometimes it sticks out to me. And I want to talk about it, but this is probably just me going to get myself in trouble. But not. I'm not. This is more fun for me because I don't. I'm not trying to talk about race and gender and all yeah. the crazy well, things. Well, you're good then. I, I, yeah, I know. So I'm saying, but I'm going to get myself in trouble talking about something a lot more innocuous politically, but not really. I, people, I find people to have these extremely strong beliefs on this topic that comes yeah. up often for me, and I'm always surprised at it. But I've been thinking about it more and more, and it's, it seems really goofy to me, and that is recycling. I've mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> I was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. 
And then yeah. I mentioned it on the podcast, like I changed ago, my mind. You're not good here. No, okay, no. go ahead. Well, it triggers people. It really does. But what oh, was it real? that I was talking about on the podcast where people? Oh, it was missionaries. I was saying people think of missionaries the way they think of recycling, which is you do not question it. It's good. Right. It makes me feel good because I'm doing it, and they get right. this. Very bizarre thing. And the people who do recycling or missionaries are good. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and should be supported and never right. questioned. And people feel like they're doing their part, basically, in a way that they are not willing to scrutinize. And so it's been, it just is a red flag to me. I always, I, when I hear people talk about recycling, I'm always like, wait, this something's wrong here. And yeah. y'all, y'all tell me, and this is not, I'm not going to back this up with data. I don't have data. Okay, so hear me okay. now. I don't have data on what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Y'all know me t- in general. When something sticks out to me or something is wrong, I think people yeah. often find that if I see a red flag somewhere or a number on a, a, a settlement sheet or a projection or something somebody says, and I say, hang on, something's not right here. Something is off here. I don't know what it is yet, but let's figure out what it is because there's got to be something off here. When yeah. I do that, I and I... Tell me if I'm wrong, but is that not – don't I do that often, and I'm not usually wrong when I f- find a red flag? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, and it's because something's wrong or weird or it fits a pattern, and I don't know what's wrong, but if I see a number that's wrong, I always know it's wrong. I just know it is. And yeah. so I have an intuitive feeling that recycling is not what you think it is, and I've not, never been able to shake it. I've never been brave enough to talk about it. Um <laughs> But I don't think it's all going the way that you think it is, and I just can't shake this feeling like if all was be exposed in the future at some point, we'll realize this big sham, this recycling thing. And I only like it's I'm, actually evil. Like there's a nefarious no, reasons people not, started. See, this doing is why this? this is why nobody likes. This is why it's not going to work for me to do this. Is because it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> it's, not it's not a conspiracy. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that it's like some. I'm not making any crazy claims, but I am saying that I can tell by the way people defend it and act about it that something's not right about it. And I bet you, if you really analyzed it well, it doesn't all check out to be as effective as you think it is. And I really do think it could be negative. Um, I really think there's a lot of negative stuff about it. And I've seen some stuff and heard some stuff, but I don't have any empirical data to to really say. I'll share a couple of things I do think are right about it. But it's the way that people defend it and how animated they get about it lets me know that they are not receptive to scrutiny anyway. And whenever you yeah. get a bunch, a group of people who are not receptive to scrutiny and not thinking clearly and feel like they are heroes and moral high ground, that is ripe for exploitation. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So when you have people being so identitarian, just identity, like I sort this, I get this. And like Bridget yells at me for, I put a ceramic pot that was broken in the recycling and she was so upset about it and when 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 joey's wife saw all the the bottles at the conference that people were drinking out of instead of Mm -hmm. not using not water bottle water it was deeply upsetting and and i am the kind of person that wants to say oh really you're upset by that well why and it it it, then it goes off the rails instantly because nobody knows what they're talking about they say good landfills but whatever, so the soil, yeah. the greenhouse. They don't. Nobody knows what they're talking about if you ask them. So why do they assume right. it's really good when I assume that it's a fertile ground to make people feel good? And then I, I'm not saying this. I'm not making a libertarian argument or saying the government is doing all this stuff. But it's a 
big, expensive racket. And it doesn't make sense because I've been saying that a bunch. I better bring some details here. Metals that you recycle, like copper, <laughs> people will steal the copper out of your house if, if you yeah. let them to go get it recycled because it has a value. That's recycling. That works. And even aluminum cans, I think, probably are that way too. Um, but plastic water bottles don't have any value. They're not worth anything. Right. And right. so they're not, also not very efficient. I don't know the percentages. I'm not claiming to know. But they cannot be – I mean – People think, oh, I recycled the water bottle, as in it got used again. Well, that's called reusing, which is awesome. Reusing is the best. Reusing is right up my alley. Don't wash the dish. Don't get another dish. Don't do this. Use what you got. Like that's First of all, it's practical, it's efficient, and of course it's environmental, which is maybe even secondary. But that yeah. water bottle or that piece of paper, that doesn't do what you think it does. First of all, almost all the paper comes from trees that you grow – to harvest for paper. It's not like your tree isn't coming from a rosewood tree in the Brazilian rainforest. That doesn't make sense. It's not true. It's not a factor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not where your paper comes from. And your plastic water bottles are not useful to recycle. They can't be. It's not like they're, I mean, that what it takes to collect and sort and do, and then you're going to try and melt those down and remake new bottles. It's probably... I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily a net negative, but it can't be what you think it is. And it's nothing compared to reducing your use or reusing, which is what would matter if you care about the environment. The recycling is a merit badge that you get to put on. And there's a million middlemen and government people and recycling agencies and stuff that they do whatever they do. And, of course, it's horribly inefficient and a waste of money. And that's what I think recycling is. It's, you just feel good about it. The other issue being the landfill one, and there's just that's just – the landfills are not a problem. People think landfills are a problem. Do you think they're a problem, Joey? Well, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Stick that in a landfill. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. I mean, it doesn't no, sound good doesn't to stick sound a bunch good. of trash or man-made stuff in a, in a you know, land area. It doesn't sound good. So that's why people think they're bad. But what if right. it was good? What if it is fine? And it is, by the way. I mean, I'm not going to give you specific data, but landfills are not a problem. I mean, I've heard stories before, you know, where, you know, the, the fear tactics like they use on everything else where they tell you we're running out of landfill space or whatever. Yeah. I, that isn't true. I know it is not true. It cannot be true. I I have seen some stuff that say we could hold our trash for the next thousand years in one landfill that's 35 miles by 35 miles across and whatever. I mean, I don't think landfills are an issue. And it's just all these scary things like put together where everybody just is just going to go along with it and never criticize it or think about it or anything. And here's the one that I think is hilarious is how about that? Uh, how about that? Um, Plastic island in the middle of the Pacific. Y'all heard of that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's really scared of it. Okay. Well, let let me tell you one thing about that that should be okay. pretty obvious. Like I, Bridget, I had this with Bridget. I said, okay, she's because she's <laughs> indignant. She read at two in the morning the thing that there's a plastic island the size of Texas the Earth in the Pacific, over. and she's it's indignant about it. And of course, when she sees water bottles on the counter the next morning, she's going to say, oh, and have all that guilt about it. Right. And I says, okay. Okay, first of all, I agree. That probably is there. They're probably I'm not even denying that that plastic thing exists and it's a bunch of plastic. Yeah. Now, it's not you and it's none of your water bottles in it. How many items do you think you have in the plastic island, Toby? 
Maybe one. Okay, maybe one. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one. But if you had any, you're so honest would, and admirable. Listen to this. Everybody has this super guilt. It's, it's everybody just loves this guilt, human guilt, and it goes like something like, "We're so bad." Now, yep. if you were thought you're bad, you would outlaw plastic or don't use it or anything like that. But you just like to right. say you're bad and then feel better when you throw it in the blue bin or b- voluntarily pay higher taxes for whatever reason. Your trash is not in that Texas island. How would it get there? How does Bridget's water bottle that she and Georgia drink out of get there? Can you tell me any way how that would happen? Assuming uh, that when they're done no. with it, they put it in the recycling bin or trash can. How does it get yeah. in the middle they of the Pacific to, Ocean? They'd have to go throw it in a river. Yeah, then maybe, but doubtful. <laughs> right. But if Funny, you put it in the to, trash they'd can. They'd have to go, I'm going to litter today the worst way possible, throwing this in a river. Right, but if you use a water bottle and throw it in the trash can, how can it get into the Pacific Ocean? And this is the city of Seattle who takes their refuse and recycling very seriously. Do you think that every three months they send out one barge and dump it in the Puget Sound? No. I mean, how, what happens? You think right. there's a river by the recycling plant and sometimes giant heaps of recycling just fall off into the river and shoot into the ocean? Does right. that happen? Are there, no. I mean, how would it happen? Why would you feel guilty about that? Well, you feel guilty to play a little bit of devil's advocate because it does exist, so it did get there yeah. somehow. Yeah, oh, let's I, talk I, about how. How do you think? I don't know how, but I would <laughs> say it has to be something strange, like uh, planes or uh, you know cruise boats or whatever uh, dump trash out or sometimes or yeah, something. Okay, or, or, right. or there's so many people on Earth that somehow if you know a little bit, get, if my one piece gets there, if a hundred, you know, mm. one million people's piece gets there, no. maybe somehow. Oh, of course, it's all from other un- less developed countries. Right. Of course it is. Yeah, you're right. That's where it's from. That's not part of the story, but I'm not mad at them or what. I mean, if you're going to be mad at somebody, it shouldn't be soccer mom that drinks smart water. That's not right. they're unrelated, but it makes you feel, anyway, it, it, th- those kinds of things drive me crazy. In Seattle, they're enforcing all these things, and I'm not doing it. I don't give a shit. I'm not separating at McDonald's my compost from my thing. I throw it away, and I don't feel bad. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. I don't care. It I mean, you're matter. right. And, and even, I mean, I get... But I'm a reuser. But, but, I'm not a waster. I, I, I don't waste shit. I don't, re, I, don't, I don't even wash things. I just use, wear, wear it again. The wearing the clothes, I'm better for the environment for not washing my clothes than you are for putting your bottle in the right stupid thing. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They say that the emissions from the trucks used to gather the recycling is really probably offsets most of what it's going. And most people that do recycle, even uh, most of uh, or a good percentage of the stuff doesn't even get used because it has food on it or paper. or it's gr- You know, you can't even end up recycling it. So it's not efficient at all, though. I don't like, think it, it even it, moves the needle. Yeah. I, think I, I mean, maybe right. it does some, but if so, it the fact that it distracts people from doing things that actually it could help the environment probably. is the bad part about it. It makes you feel, and I say the same thing as going to church. Well, I get my 10% and I went on Sunday. Good Christian. I'm all good, baby. Yeah. Now I can sit here and judge other people. But that's not, right. That's. I mean, I'm not one to say the environment doesn't matter. I, th- I believe in climate change and think we should try to fix it. But your bottle sorting don't have nothing to do with it. You know what's funny too about it though? Like I, I I don't know what the cost is to make it, but I how awesome was it that in my childhood all the bottles were basically glass? That's Isn't that cool? cool? Even, yep. even like milk. We remember you used to actually milk reuse the bottles though. You had to pay right. The that's what I'm saying. Re- we we collect them. My dad would go collect a bunch, and we'd go get 
some some money. It might be five, ten bucks or something. But Joey, do you think I've got people agitated or have I convinced you? See, here's the thing. Nobody cares anyway. I'm just trying to push no. back with a different way of thinking that I'm not supporting with data. I'm just saying I feel I that way that, and I doubt yeah, I'm I, wrong. I remember the first time you talked about this, you, you kind of had me convinced. But yeah, I, I think it's one of those things to where there's a huge chunk on huge chunk of people on both sides their minds are never going to change and no. most of them are most on the recycling kick i mean toby and i both know someone ryan amick who if you don't recycle he will leave your party with all of your plastic stuff and recycle for you like and that's a feels- big waste of time in my opinion but i, don't know. <laughs> I mean i i mean that priscilla he I've would just hope that more people would do it stuff out of the yeah. trash can i mean it's fine i, I mean if you believe it, I'm not saying you're stupid, and I'm not. I might not even be right, but I'm only going to be wrong to some degree. I mean, here. to me though, it just seems to be somewhat of a logical decision. If you can choose between a thousands of water bottles at a big Christian conference, I'm not even talking about ours. I'm talking about the conference I'm going to next week, which will literally it'll be thousands of water bottles, or just have some water dispensers. It seems like one of them is the more logical choice, but I guess if it if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't no, matter. Uh, look, but- I'm, I'm saying be efficiency is awesome. I am more obsessed with efficiency and lack of waste than other people are, but you have to make the most efficient, best solution. And I, I'm th- saying that recycling yeah. introduces a lot of complexity and for not a lot of benefit. So of course it's better to have a, glass of water and sit it down and refill in the sink of course that's way better it's easier it's just well, better it's better because one, of the, lots of, one of the things you said too matt that makes a lot of sense is plastic bottles aren't worth anything so if no, everybody really does care about recycling we should make everything out of like aluminum yeah which outlaw is, plastic uh, if you think you know that I mean? we're ruining I mean, the environment if that's with the case, it. Why, not do why that. don't we I, I don't understand stuff like that like why don't we because maybe people i don't know the problem is it's it's easy to do on a small level, but you're right. Like, I mean, as far as pollution goes, I mean, so many other countries put so much pollution in the air. Yeah, it's not that even our if problem. America outlawed every fault. possible thing, there's no stopping it. So the so your answer, which I think is great and right, is instead of doing something like that, spending time and money and effort on this thing that really is inefficient, why wouldn't we spend time and money on technology that would eradicate it for everybody on earth? Do you want to lead the campaign against industrial plastic waste in the Philippines being dumped in the ocean? I I do get caught sometimes by I mean, those videos. You ever see you ever see those videos where they they fill uh they fill water bottles with like sand or dirt and they build houses out of them. <laughs> I watch those I watch that video like two or three times. I mean it's not like, so see, convenient do, to criticize the difference. underdeveloped countries for their waste practices. It's easier to feel bad about your stupid whatever compost pile. Oh man, I know. Imagine <laughs> imagine just whenever you talk about recycling or something, you just talk really bad about third world countries. Well, I'm not blaming them. I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying that it's not your water bottles in the Pacific Ocean. It's not what it is. You're right. You're right. All right. Let's 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 get off this. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're right. <laughs> I don't know if y'all noticed this, but uh, pardon interruption. I do got to tell you something. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but practically everything today is on demand. You know what I mean? Like you can get anything you want and on demand is the way you get it. Like uh, this podcast is that way, for instance. You demand it. You demand it and you get it. So that's up to your convenience. That's how that works. So why are you still taking trips to the post office to mail letters and packages when you can do your postage on demand from your house or your apartment or your RV or wherever you live with stamps.com? With stamps.com, it really is simple. I mean, it is, it's very simple. You can access all 
of the amazing services of the post office, but right from your desk, 24-7, when it's convenient for you, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, using your own computer and printer, and the mailman's just going to come pick it up. Mail carrier, I should say. It's just going to come pick it up. You, all you do is just click, print, and mail, and you're done. It really couldn't be easier. I've used this service. I have it at home. It is like, I don't know, I used to a long time ago at my mom's office use their postage meter and that was this big contraption and it cost money and it was a a pain it wasn't it wasn't near as good as what stamps.com is today and the best part is you don't have to buy the equipment and all that kind of stuff Uh, right now you can use the promo code bad christian for the special offer it includes 55 dollars of free postage and the digital scale and a four-week trial so that's that's just incredible. There's nothing to it. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bad Christian. That's stamps.com and enter Bad Christian. Well, congratulations to y'all on yet another successful Kickstarter. We were going to have you on to help raise money, but I checked it out and it looks like you don't need any more. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend nobody contribute because you already hit the goal. Or how's that work? Yeah, how's that work? Uh, well, I still have to work for a living, so we could use more. Oh, so you probably. would take more then? We would, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, then, yeah. Everybody <laughs> ju- everybody, go ahead yeah. and support. I'm sorry. I thought you had met the goal or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, we, we're using it as a pre-order yeah. for our new album, which we're funding through Kickstarter. But it's basically just you you, you pick up a package like a, a T-shirt or a vinyl or something that you would normally pre-order, and we're just doing it through Kickstarter because it's more fun. I'm going to so. confess something to you, that um, then I'm going to ask you for a favor. Okay. I, uh, first of all, I'm sorry for that last joke I made about you not needing more money. It, I said that out of jealousy because <laughs> we didn't crowdfund the Matt and Toby record, and it is currently still, you know, negative on expenses. So, oh, shit. <laughs> it, uh, it still hasn't there. recouped all the expenses, and we chose not to crowdfund Good. it. But uh, mm. we should we should have crowdfunded it. I think it would have worked. But but I am interested, and I'm gonna I want your help to re-release the Matt and Toby record so we can get back to positive. So will you do yeah. that? Help us do that in the future. Oh yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. Why don't we do a crowdfund to re-release? We, we it? Could, yeah, we could do a post hot <laughs> crowdfund on the thing. Um, but I do want to re-release it because it got kind of swept up when we were doing so many other things. We didn't actually yeah. market it very well, but we didn't crowdfund it um because i always feel like man is it bad to crowdfund are people going to get sick of it but it it, this has proven to me that it's that's not the case that is the the interaction of crowdfunding and self-funding and perpetual funding and monthly clubs and patreons you know it's not it's not a flash in the paint it's not a trend it's the way to do it and you do it it, you know you guys a vocal few has just been so successful with the size engaged fan base and i guess i do at this point y'all just feel like you can count on them like you you think you can do it five more times ten more times because it seems very stable i mean i was worried about doing it with vocal few too initially because our our whole model is you know we started this project to to raise money to have kids and so we weren't we're going to dump a lot of money into it the whole point is to like limited expenses so i would do Mm -hmm. the records like in my basement or in my studio just by myself and uh and then and then we would release them and we would be kind of like already out of the hole. And that was the goal. And so I was thinking like, oh, I don't need a big budget to do a Vocal Few album. So I to do a crowdfund seems kind of like excessive. And then we wanted to release vinyl last um, last Christmas because we had a, a Christmas album we did the, the year before that we never got to press to vinyl. So we thought, we'll just do a, a thing for, for people who want vinyl just on Kickstarter. 
And then that just did really well. And people were really into the idea. And so we figured, all right, instead of just doing a pre-order, like through a website, people seem to like Kickstarter. They like to back something and, and, and help it come to fruition and help it get made. So why don't we just do the pre-order on Kickstarter? Because mm-hmm. that seems to be the thing that people want to do. Yeah. So it, it, We've it also been hesitant to do vocal few Kickstarters because Matt does do it with the classic crime and right. we kind of do rotating years. So yeah. it feels yeah. a little bit like robbing Peter to I'm pay already, Paul or something. I'm <laughs> already begging for everybody's money all the time. <laughs> but so. you thought awesome. that on the first classic crime. You thought, well, we'll do this once and that'll be that. Or who you told you that your brother said that. It's like, well, what are you going to do for your next record? This is the end of your career once you do that. That's what people <laughs> thought yeah, at right. some point. You're cashing in now. Right. You're, you're basically, yeah, all the, yeah. And, and that's what I thought too. I didn't know exactly what would happen. Obviously we thought, well, if we don't get our goal, we just won't make the record and we'll just be done. That'll just be like the sign that we were looking for. Yeah. And then of course we did like three times our goal. And so we made the record and then we were like, okay, well, what do we do now? There's no labels. No one's giving us money. No one's sending us to the studio. So I guess we'll do another one. And I don't know, maybe it won't work this time. And yeah. I think every time we do it, we're kind of surprised and encouraged that people really like the, the process. They mm-hmm. really enjoy uh, kind of the, like just, just the exposed look of it. Like here's everything we're doing. Here's how much money we need to do it. There's nothing kind of hidden about it. And I think that people like to engage with a project on that like fundamental level where they can kind of see the ins and outs of it and get all the updates along the way as things get made. Like we just released, we have eight days left in our campaign uh, and yes, we, if you want to order, there's still more packages. So go to Kickstarter. Type we'll in probably put this out tomorrow. Be six or seven days at least by the time. Yeah, six or seven so, days. Yeah. Le- yeah, about a week left. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's one of those things where I don't know where, what I was talking about before that, but um, I think another thing that people really like about doing a Kickstarter is like the camaraderie of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you're not oh, right. just buying a record on your own. Like you're you're with a whole group of people who are also interested in the same thing, and you're like watching it build together. And I don't know, it's it's kind of cool watching them interact with each other. It's a on community, or, like, and that's what's it's neat totally about a community. Uh, vocal yeah. few is it was began like it never was like you had your big band that was on the label and then whatever. You, yeah, right. Vocal few began as exactly what it is, and it's built that way, and it is a community. I've been to house shows at least two. You know, and I've seen them. So I, now I want you to tell me, Christy. Let's make fun of your community. Let's. I try to identify what it is. What's the stereotype of vocal few fans? And Toby, you could help if they're, if they're not willing to describe their fans. To see yeah, y'all. Ha- y'all did a show at my house. <laughs> that so was a, that was an anomaly, though. Because I can make who, fun who of Emory at, fans and Bad Christian fans real easy, but let's make fun. The of The people at Toby's house were loud singers. They, they usually aren't loud. It was that like was, a, I was, was like the serious I'll, loudest singer house show we ever have played in the history. I was like. Holy shit! Everybody's drinking and partying pretty hard and singing their guts yeah. out. I was like, we man, this, this, this vocal few is pretty awesome, I man. Hear myself? It was pretty funny. What's a stereotypical vocal few? Yeah, fan what, what is well, this group? They come like? in pairs. Liturgist listeners. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's right in between. Yeah, they're like um, everybody. They come in pairs because everybody's married. It's like it's, mar- it's what I'm saying. Is like the, they're married the couples married that duo support it? that it's like young married couples, that, and they have they have kids that they're like leaving at home for the first time. Yeah. yeah, that's like a lot. Or people come with nursing babies. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're like the, the musical duo for the yeah. the young families. I don't know. It's a it's a crazy spread though because we have we have it really is we have some folks that are in their fifties and sixties that come to shows by themselves. No, those so, are no, those are just cool. random weirdos that, 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 that <laughs> oh accidentally well, the dress got leaked. We had the funniest thing show. happen. Yeah, where this guy came to our show in L.A. He he was easily sixty years old, and we were you know he kind of stood out like a sore thumb in that crowd in particular. 
And, um, but he like came up and was super chatty and kind after. And then we're in Dallas you know, on the same tour a couple weeks later. I look out in the crowd and I'm like, and it's another is. 60 year old guy. I'm like, I swear <laughs> to God, this is. is that same dude. I'm looking at him. And I finally like mid set was like, did you come to our LA show? He goes, no, and like, no joke. He's like, no, that was my twin. <laughs> His twin told him to go to the Dallas show. Yeah. So we do have the odd. And we're like, doing a show at his house. And now we're no playing way. at his house at on Michael's this next house. tour. Yeah. Well, okay. So, but, I mean, so it, it still keeps in the, the, uh, the, your description that they come in pairs too. It's so. pairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's familial yeah. pairs. Yeah. Familial <laughs> pairs is the, is the demographic. Yeah. If you're yeah, related. It's, it's crazy. You're like How many to... Siamese fans y'all got? <laughs> How many conjoined? Millions. Say. We have, um, we have, fans that a few that are, live in tiny houses that's another it's like I, know, oh totally and free. totally right. that yeah. describes them like yeah, yeah i can picture everybody at those shows going back to their tiny house i don't know where they yeah. live but that would make sense yeah <laughs> there was a there was a few on the last tour it was pretty yeah funny. we i mean neo minimalist we, we live in an rv <laughs> yeah, yeah. Min- minimalist you know it's that's the kind of the vibe i guess of our first few records at least that was the vibe of of just kind of like giving up on materialism and 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 kind of doing it our way and not like everybody else. But I think people kind of latch on to that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's it's cultural or or age group. I just think like if you have if you have acoustic music, it's just more accessible to to more people, I think. You You're know? probably like, right. I yeah. mean, I, I think, too, y'all have that. Uh, I even think of it of y'all that way is that almost like DIY mentality, even with family, uh, faith, uh, relationships, all that stuff like that. That is kind of y'all, y'all do that. And that is very relatable to people like that. Y'all would even like, for example, people think it's really crazy. They might think it's the dumbest, weirdest, but they respect <laughs> it that y'all would pack up your family and tour across America and live somewhere else for a year. And then now you're going to do it again. Like, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that I makes agree. people go, Whoa, I, Wish I could be like that for a little. Yeah, Maybe not as crazy definitely. as that vocal few family, but man, that is cool that they would do that. Like you kind of play to your own tune, if you will. Yeah, that's definitely. Well, right. when, whenever Christy's down, I always tell her we're an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> he actually says we're a fucking inspiration. We're a fucking inspiration. Do you understand? Don't feel bad about your life. <laughs> Our little tagline to each other, though, is always like. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Not not it. Just it. Uh, yeah. We're, <laughs> while we're doing it, we're like, we're doing it. We're doing it. No, yeah. but just like, you know, we're always on some sort of crazy project. And that's kind of part of the reason why, you know, I hit you guys up because I was I wanted to talk a bit about like and people see us and they, they, you know, and obviously we're not super well known, but the people who do kind of pay attention think of us as some sort of like uh, perfect, you know, everyone's always like relationship goals and stuff like that. And like, you know, you guys are, you guys are kind of like what I want in my life or whatever. And like, I just kind of hate that because people don't see like the ugly, you know. Oh, do the, we get another tr- fight? Matt and Christy fight the story trashy today? <laughs> Matt and Christy fight stuff, yeah. right. But I don't know. I mean, we, we had like before coming out here, we had a crazy year. Like we had a third kid and you guys, you know, some of you guys know about that. Um, yeah, I was sorry to hear. We're that. also crazy because we have our yeah, it's, it's pretty tragic. <laughs> we, like <laughs> we, we're also crazy because we had our last two kids in the house, uh, you know, home births and stuff. But anyways, I did a record. I went on tour. I came back. We had a kid, you know, and then we go to this wedding, and my aunt's like, "Hey, come live in Nova Scotia." And we're like, "No way!" And then by the time we pull into our driveway, you know, after leaving the wedding, we're both like, 
we're doing it. And so, <laughs> so like, so then, then it's just like, okay, we need to move out of our house. We need to figure this out. We need to break our lease. We need to, we need get to buy an RV. We need to sell everything. We need to buy an <laughs> RV. We need like, it's just all this like chaos. And then, you know, then we're booking a tour and we do all that all our, on our own. And then we have three kids. And so it, it was just like so much mania. And I'm sure you guys, especially Matt and, and Toby know about like tour mania and just kind of like, Yes. Just going, 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 and, and then how that doesn't really fit well with family life. So we did two months in on the road in the RV <laughs> with the kids, three kids. And the kid, the, the youngest was like, what, six months or eight months? Yeah, our review yes. was eight months when we left. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, we just ruined, we just wrecked ourselves, I think. Like, we were just divide and conquer, and then you start doing that little thing where you're like, uh... I'm doing this, so you have to do that, and yeah. you're kind of keeping score of like who's doing who's what, who's doing what, and, and you're who's not the laziest, and, and, and like, but I did this or I did that last mo- yesterday oh, morning, gosh. and then so you have to do this this morning, and then like you're just kind of like uh, just kind of toxic uh, thing going on. And we we had great shows, and we, we related to people pr- pretty well, and but there was just this you could feel this rift, this kind of disconnect happening um, between us. And when we got here, slowing down. And stopping that was like the hardest possible thing where like at one point, like we were just, I don't know, ships passing in the night, like just not really yeah. connecting, not really. Because yeah. there was all these little things on the road that would happen, these little, I don't know, microaggressions or whatever, or little fights that we had to put aside because we couldn't deal with it right then because we had obligations that were like uh, immediate. Yeah. And so you you put them all aside and you can't really deal with them. And then you're like, okay, now we can have a relationship. And it's like, no, there's just too much stuff there like in the subconscious has like taken over or or has filed it all and it's just too much and like we every were, yeah every small break that we had on tour which you know i mean you guys know what it's like on the road there's just like these teeny tiny windows like your your shower is probably the the only place that you have to yourself really yeah which you yeah, guys you don't know even do me. that I so lo- I just, there's none i just me in the shower and <laughs> there's no shower on the bus there's no shower yeah. on that bus yeah but when you're hotel touring, when I anyway, tour with Emery, I don't shower either. <laughs> I know, I know. Get when you right come home, I can smell you from an Emery tour. <laughs> hey, hey, so, so Christy, when Matt has to tell you that you guys are a fucking inspiration, are you upset about like not having a certain income or a normal lifestyle or a bigger house? Like, what is that conversation based on? Um, probably all of the above. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I think you know the majority of the time it feels clear that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But um, some of the time that kind of stuff does creep in and it, it makes you question whether or not, you know, that we've chosen the right path. And there are like all sorts of outside pressures. Just, it's so easy to compare yourself to what other people are doing and, you know, to, to be able to see what you're doing and wondering, okay, if we're making all these sacrifices and, you know, finances are tighter, you know, what, what's this all worth? Like, should we, do we continue forward? Um, it's so easy too to compare yourself to other people, and then when you compare yourself, you immediately internalize it and go, "Well, my decisions were bad, or I'm too right. lazy, or I, why couldn't I have? I should have done that when I had the opportunity." So it's so you can get so self defeating and totally. self negative talk for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm got, really like, like that's like really built into my personality too, is to kind too. of quickly go to the worst case scenario first. Yeah, and I know exactly. What it's you're just like, about. okay, so what if you know for like if I'm feeling really panicked, it's like. 
what about when we live in a van down by the river? And Matt's like, well, we got an RV. Yeah. I like to title people's life books. And like, I taught, I think I titled my own. I'm surrounded by idiots or I'm surrounded by morons. Yeah. Like, Matt says I'm surrounded by surrounded morons. Surrounded by morons by Matt McDonald. But, um, which is kind of like my default mode is just like, everyone's <laughs> doing stupid shit and I'm the only one who can do it. And right. like, that's like a bad, it's, it's like a negative frame of mind, obviously. Christy says, is it always going to be this way? So whenever it's bad, or whenever it's insecure, we don't know, we don't have stability, she just projects that out for infinity and just yeah. goes, it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be, oh my gosh, we're stuck forever. And like, so that's where we, because I'm like, I'm surrounded by idiots. And she's like, we're never going to get out of this. And so it becomes a problem. But um, yeah. but all that to say, when y'all got to Nova Scotia, y'all were uh, just... In the house together. Yeah, we were feeling massive amounts of tension. And, you know, it had really kind of built up even before the tour, just because we had just... Sounds tough. It was just a really, really busy year. And we, it was like, we didn't have... Sorry, I'm not a pro at standing close to my mic. There we go. (laughs) Um, We just didn't have the same sort of time to connect that we used to. And, like, as you guys know, when you get more kids, it's like, that can fall down the totem pole so quickly. Totally. And... um, the, the little bits of time we had on tour were like, we're at Applebee's, you know, like we walk away from the RV in the Walmart parking lot. And it's like, I, I look at Matt and I'm like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know and what to do like, about that. I don't know what to do. We have yeah. 30 minutes by ourselves yeah. at Applebee's, you know, we can't so fix this I don't even, yeah. I'm having a hard time with it because I'm thinking about like, I could handle Walmart and Applebee's unlimited. I really could handle that unlimited. And I don't mean this to sound bad, but I can't imagine being in a band and inescapable and my wife be in it. And that, I don't, I really, I mean, that's a whole different thing. And I don't mean that, but like something different, her, but for that reason you're saying, because there is, there is the amount of, of like, you need to have a fight or get through an issue. And there are those types of tensions that the, the point of is you need to work them out. But you guys literally, like, when can you do it? You're at 7 p.m. when you'd normally be fighting over dinner. Not fighting, just working through something yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You're like, there's fans all around or you only have the yeah. 30 minutes. I mean, it, it's, it's you know, and I, we, I've done, been on tour with Bridget before and it's definitely worse. I mean, even just doing one tour <laughs> yeah. where she does merch or something, it, that's not been good. it it is not easy to be on tour with uh your wife your girlfriend your kids or anything like that i mean it's hard enough like i I think it's like if you had to work with your spouse but like yeah your job is to like be next to them at every moment in that job right and do the family thing all the time you you do the family thing all the time there's no escape like y'all are in that uh, rv the entire time and so you're right so your escape is just your little moment of sanity and just to yourself and you know that's going away fast and what right. you got to do. And, and like, right. you, like you guys said, you had to keep moving, like get back yeah. in the, get back, travel, tour, do all that stuff. So I'm yeah. sure it was yeah. exhausting. Do you think it was bad to go do the tour, to do it that long? Or, I mean, do you regret uh, it? I, the length was, in retrospect, uh, too aggressive, um, you know, but but I don't know. I think going through what we went, like we, we landed here and it was clear that something was critical in our relationship and just in our lives like the way that the the wheels kept moving like i I, you can't see it now but like i got i landed we landed i like to say that we landed because like we had a boat we landed on you know on this peninsula in nova scotia and i went to the garage and i grabbed this like old door and i immediately built myself a stand-up desk like first day like immediately 
Because like, I was thinking, I was thinking, I have nothing to do, and it, something in my brain was like, "You have to do something." And so I was just like, "Put my put my studio together and whatever." And I have to keep going, keep going. And I wrote, I wrote our record literally in like a week and a half wow. uh, that we're working on because I just had extra stuff. And then I was like, "I need to slow down," because Christy was looking at me going, "I I, I don't think I like you," and that's really scary <laughs> yeah. for me because true, I've Christy? always liked you. Yeah, I know it's it's weird. So. Obviously, marriage is hard work. We've had our fights that we've talked about here before. Um, but I had never really had a time before where it was like, I don't like you. That's that's like the best way for me to describe it, where it started to be. And it's because Did you I, say those of, words to him? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she cried about it because oh, she was boy. very sad. She was mourning the <laughs> yeah. fact that she doesn't no didn't like me anymore. I'm like, yeah. I've never yeah. not I've never not liked you. Like yeah. I've always that's never been a problem. I feel I almost feel like liking somebody is more important than loving them. And I agree with that totally. You know, and that's kind of how like I was like I still love you. Like I I'm not, but I'm feeling. I see. Uh, I don't know, and it, it's related to Matt's book title. <laughs> uh, being yes. surrounded by morons because he is he's really quick to kind of like take something I'm kind of, I'm slow. Okay. I'm really slow at doing all sorts of things. I'm cold and quick really and, fast. and bitey. And I, and so I, he'll just yeah. rip something out that I'm doing and just kind of take over and basically making me feel like I'm not capable of a lot of things. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. Like I used to work at a job and get positive feedback and now I'm at home with my kids, which I enjoy, but I don't have that kind of thing. And like, I Matt's don't kind of do, my only yeah. thing. I don't do yeah. positive feedback naturally. Not so. only does yeah. negative, even though he thinks <laughs> he, he thinks of positive things. You're, he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. I try, more recently I try because harder. He's being more cognizant of it, but that's kind of what it came down to when we got here was like, okay, we got to, you're a jerk and you're a problem. And I, I here's the thing. I, I, I was like, that scared me because she was, she's always, you know, we've been married for 13 years. We've been together for 20 since 1998 for 20. So like we grew up together and she's always just been the unconditional given in my life. Uh, And I've not taken it for granted all the time, but she's just, she's a given. She's always there and she's always, we're always going to make it, but you can get, you can put your blinders onto that. Right. And and so like when she's telling me, I don't like you, I'm like, holy shit, I got something, I got something to work on. Like, Oh, that's possible. That is possible. And I, I believe it's like, here's the thing. I think relationships fall apart all the time and it's probable that they will. And so yeah. you have to be the exception and you have to do something exceptional to, 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 to stay together and stay married. I think you have to be, inc- like you have to really, really work at it. So you don't think if you get past 10 years, then you're, you're fine. Like hell no, 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 hell you're, hell no. Worse off. you're worse yeah, off. Right. My parents just, yeah, just got divorced after 35 years yeah. of marriage. So there's yeah. that. I can always think of it that way because I think, man, I've been married to Bridget for what over? I mean, you know, seven, eight, ten years here. And it's like, well, yeah, after a decade, you're just gonna round well, up. Well, look, it wasn't like it's no nobody. It's nobody thinks that we have the most amazing <laughs> thing, you know, relationship and are the perfect pair. Like everybody's, you know, I figured the fact. I think we, you know, beat the odds for probably what a lot of people think about me and Bridget. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like okay, yeah. then it can't be that hard to. If we can make it for ten years of me and Bridget, I know what we're both like. It's not that great. If we can make it ten years, surely we can make it our thirty. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, Matt, you you have Carter, you have the advantage. Nobody on 
earth would marry you or Bridget? So y'all only have each other. Like the McDonald's, they're nice, engaging, attractive people. Y'all got a lot of opportunity. You, I mean, when you say you don't like Matt McDonald, like there's other people you can like. Nobody's gonna. I mean, yeah, that's the truth. I don't know if I think of myself so highly. I don't think a lot of people could put up with me. But, oh my God. but yeah, so, no, I, I basically like we started, I started, I basically said, I'm not going to work. I'm just not going to work because I've been working for two years straight, just hustling all these, everything. And I just said, I'm not going to work. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read and I need to focus on myself. I need to do this for me. I need to get myself straight so that we can fix whatever's going on here. Cause it's clearly, it's my, it's like, it's my fault. I like that. Impulse. And so. Well, I think it's the only impulse that's like saved me from disaster in, in life. You know, there's like there's been forks in the road where I could have been like, screw you or all right, I'll 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 take the blame. And if I would have said screw you, I can just tell you like I, I would have been in a ditch somewhere. But yeah. Yeah. for some reason, some magical force has pulled me and said, listen, deal with your shit. And so I I listen to this guy, John O'Donohue. He's like a Scottish poet, Irish poet. That's that's gonna offend somebody, um, but uh, he, he was saying on this podcast that he had a like a high powered like New York um, CEO, you know, um, t- uh, talk about uh, called him one day and said, you know what, my the wheels are spinning off. I'm 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 freaking out. I can't sleep. I'm just I'm not you know I don't my 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 world is out of balance. I don't have my rhythms. What's one practice I can do to like get back into rhythm to get balanced again? And he said for one week. Wake up before dawn and watch the sunrise, and then uh, that same day watch the sunset, and do that every day for a week. And it's more about getting back into a rhythm, the circadian rhythms. So you're you're falling asleep at the same time, waking up at the same time, but then you're also sort of engaging with the natural cycle. Yeah, mindfulness like, there for sure. You're being aware of of that days occur and that there are patterns and there's a rhythm, there's a natural rhythm and whatever you're doing is not natural. And so you kind of try to sync up to it. And so I started doing, I didn't do the sunset thing as much, but I basically did like every morning I did a, a dawn walk, I called it, where I woke up and I went uh, to the top of this hill, you know, outside our house. It's like a five minute walk and you can kind of see the entire landscape and watch the sunset, uh, sunrise. And then I would come back and I'd have to like journal like a, uh, a page in my journal of everything that happened on that like five minute walk. And so it forced me to like be really present on that walk where I had to pay attention to the colors that I was going to describe. I had to pay attention to the smell. Like I had this smell for like the first two weeks. I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was. And I was, it's like a sourdough toast bread. I kept like trying to describe it. And then like one day my neighbor was like, oh yeah, it's the coffee roastery. They're just roasting coffee over there. <laughs> um, but like that, you're just paying attention. And that really caused me to start to slow down because now I was like practicing the ability to pay attention and then I could pay attention to my thoughts. I could pay attention to how I was treating my kids and my wife. And we started, I like, I felt like I started to become normal again. And that took like probably a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, strikes so me wild. about that is uh, your impulse to do that is that I think a lot of people's impulse would be, Christy has a problem with me. Let me deal with that problem. What can what Christy? What do you want me to do? You're like I'm gonna d- fix the the problem or address what like directly. But what you what you're saying there is you decided to 
work on yourself and then deal then maybe you can deal with the problem or maybe that'll take care of the problem but you're dealing with problems that you are having as a person yeah well partly i think the problem the, the problem was me as a person yeah. you know it wasn't yeah. like a specific thing that i was doing it was just the entirety of me just yeah. being not a real per- just being a robot and just going and not being aware of who i was hurting in my little stressed out moments. I think that's and, the philosophy for parenting too. I think your kids want to ha- be around badass parents, not the people that are most focused on their actions and what words they need to hear and what activities they need to be doing next. Your kids need to be all you can be for them is or, or and for each other, for a family situation or relationships. If you're badass and grounded, that is best for everybody. That is the thing yeah, to yeah. be. You create an environment totally for your kids. You don't parent your kids. You don't be your husband to your wife with all these steps you just are you and that is that and that's better you have to build the environment not do the tasks totally yeah Yeah. because if it were just like a checklist wasn't going to cut it at that point you know do this or this or this or just say this many nice things to me it needed to be like kind of a deeper well and the and we 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 did therapy like over skype with um a therapist and and that was pretty helpful we like tried to go on dates and like it was super awkward. It was weird. It was like it was like a first date with like all this extra baggage. It oh was just gosh. it was like how do we even talk to each other in a way that works? Did the kids uh, affected by this? How tell me about that from that point of view? Not I really. I mean, I'm, so. I'm sure they just noticed that we were more stressed out. What about even whatever, just the whole travel and the trip and all that? Was that they were pretty resilient for that too? They were super resilient. Yeah, they I miss think. home and they think about it and they want to watch videos of it. And sometimes they, they like when we when we first got here, they cried a bit about. Yeah. Travel, like being and they gone. reference friends from time yeah. to time. They'll talk about Georgia mm-hmm. or they'll talk about other different other friends of ours. Yeah. We miss our friends. Yeah. They're, they're really excited to go home and they're excited to <laughs> get back on the insanity wagon and oh, head back yeah. across the country. And they're like, yeah, we love tour. We love RV. <laughs> And I just keep telling them, like, you're going to Disney World. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, y'all were there for a whole year. When did it start feeling like you liked each other again? Well, I mean, it's or crazy. do you we yet? Some, <laughs> we had some breakthroughs. Like, uh, like I, Chrissy has never seen me cry, which I think is garbage because I have cried in front of her <laughs> while watching movies. But she's a selfish crier, and so she doesn't see through her own tears to my right. My very sincere tears about the sadness of Les Miserables. But, <laughs> Matt's, uh, Matt's always like, look at my tear. Look, I got one. I He's got like one. Pointing to a single tear, like no other physical evidence of crying, no red, ugly face. <laughs> but like I'm this, just like sobbing and snot. This out. is the first time in our 13 years of marriage where I looked her straight in the face and was sobbing. So it was br- it was brutal. Like, and y'all were watching like, Fifty Shades Darker? What was it? We were watching <laughs> yeah. the movie we got yeah. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't actually a movie it was like we were laying side by side looking at each other and uh and i was just thinking about like oh my god when we got together we were just kids we were just kids you know yeah. and then just kind of like the whole thing just flashed before my eyes and and i lost it and and then you know of course christy she cries at the drop of a hat so <laughs> she was there with Cryer. me but but yeah, I mean, there was some crazy stuff in in. Um, you it was know, definitely a few months in before it started to really feel, because there was a little bit of PTSD almost. It sounds kind of silly, but like just wondering because we had been relating so unhealthily for so long, it was like, oh, is this lasting or is it gonna like 
kind of revert back, which I do have a little bit of fear. Am I going to be a dick? Yeah. Again, Am I going to be a dick again about the RV? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I got to do all this RV stuff. You take care of the kids. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Did, have y'all taken any precautions? Like, is this a shorter trip or anything? It's shorter, like, yeah. It's yeah. only it's only a couple weeks shorter though. So yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's another what? thing we need to talk about. We're, we're going on tour. We have t- tickets on sale. If you go to vocalfew.com, you can check the tickets out. But we're doing, we're only doing um, six weeks instead of eight. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of eight. What, yeah, what's, y'all's, what's y'all's eating practices? Like, do y'all try to have the kids eat really healthy or do y'all ever splurge on a restaurant? Like, how do y'all do that? Oh when we're my touring? gosh, you want to know. So we, like, unlike regular bands on tour just eating jack-in-the-box every day we're kind of, like a food is kind of like our mecca so we yeah. just we find like the best restaurant we journey and we drag to mecca all the day. kids in there basically what, what we end up doing is we, we get a bloody mary we yelp bloody mary <laughs> and then we go to the one that has the most five stars and then we just do that <laughs> that's basically what we do we the cool thing about being in the rv like as far as kids eating decently is we have a fridge so we can like keep fruit and yeah. like Ugh. decent snacks instead of just feeding them. Were you asking about French tour fries. Joey or just in general tour tour? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're able to have a pretty good variety. Yeah. But it's hard not <laughs> everybody we wants know. to give them candy. The hosts are always like, here, have all yeah, my ice cream. Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. I mean, it really is neat. Like, growing up in school and stuff, I never had any peers that said, yeah, my, my parents, we just regularly would go on tour and they would play music in people's living rooms and we would just spend like oh, yeah, uh, so a couple of yeah, months in an RV. Like your kids are going to tell their peers that. Like that is really well, more important. That's, a, that's still about you, you know, y'all being that. But think how good that is for your kids that, that they know, yeah, you can do stuff. Your kids you know yeah, that. Right. Your kids know yeah. that you can do stuff. Uh, most other people's do kids don't stuff. know. They think, well, some people can do stuff, but my parents can't, and I certainly can't. That's what most kids think. Huh. And your right. kids are not going to think that. So that's I think no. That they're gonna. They're probably going to have some sort of unhealthy, like grandiosity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can be. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't do it though. At yeah, the same maybe. time, you know, like, right. you can do this. <laughs> it's true. possible. Maybe it's not good. You know, <laughs> maybe they'll be traumatized, traumatized enough by it to like be like, I'm never doing that with my kids. Maybe I should write a book about what the the do's and do not do's of family touring. Oh, it's family travel. Oh, we can yeah. do that. Yeah. Except yeah, I mean, for, I don't know, we're weird parents. Like, people would be like, what? You let your kids do what? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that'll work. But Do y'all still bring uh, someone to help with the kids? I know at Toby's house, y'all that tour y'all had someone extra yeah. right like a yeah we usually have a we have friends or family fly in and out for a week or two at a time yep. to be yeah. with us but we've actually hired a videographer this time around yeah nice who's good with kids so he's gonna watch oh, the that's very good good with kids yeah. one question yeah, i always wanted to ask is is uh if J- I always, you know, I love being in our bus. I love touring and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be fun if we could, Jess and I and the kids could do something like that. But the big fear she would have is at night, like if we, did y'all ever park in like Walmart parking lots and Christy, oh, yeah. were you ever, yeah, were you ever was... nervous or hear a sound or anything and, and yeah. freak out? Did y'all ever well, get in that some, situation? Some, some scammer like knocked on our door once and like oh, really? opened it and he was like, Hey man, I need blah, blah, blah. You know, the long story. And, yeah. uh, that's happened a few times. There's like some some parking Walmart parking lots, as you know, that have some vagrants. Just and yeah. sometimes that can be kind of like short with people like that because I've I've heard the song right. and dance, you know, and I just can't put. I'm like, listen, I'm I'm sitting here with my wife. It's like our only time to hang out. I don't want to listen to your whole thing. Yeah. 
go bug somebody else. And then I'm like, and then I'm sitting there in the RV going, oh, I should have been nicer because right. now you're stuck I'm looking out the he's window. Like, he's going to come rob <laughs> us. <laughs> he's going to hear your tires <laughs> going we're flat. Just sitting du- we're just sitting ducks in the middle of a dark parking lot. <laughs> I'm that's like all more we get nervous me. about be- getting the like s- parking at the Walmart parking lot that's not overnight where you get the 7 a.m. Oh, knock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. into that one. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> that a happened few a few times. Like, fuck. New York State, they, they kick us out. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. So, so when is the tour? Give us the dates again. Uh, we're, we're heading out on July 8th. It will be June, our June. Oh, sorry, June 8th. Um, yeah, vocalfew.com slash tickets if you want to check it out. We're doing like 30 shows all the way down the East Coast and up. We're not going Great Lakes area, but we're getting uh, back to the West Coast and up the West Coast. Yeah, Yeah, so and it's all living rooms. So, you know, I don't know. People probably listen to this, probably know what that is. But, um, yeah, you just get it. You you get a ticket to a to a town and then we send you the address. All the addresses are booked and all the hosts are are uh, ready to go. But we send you the address like three days before. So it's kind of an intimate uh, experience. And, you know, we do Q&A and we hang out and. It's usually pretty fun. Usually. Yeah, it is very fun for sure. And the, you can still pre-sale the album. You can we get, even say the name of it? What's the name of the album? The album's Grand Prey EP. It's named after the town that we're living in, which is like a, a national historic site. You know, it's yeah. been here for 500 years or something. So, um, yeah, Grand Prey is the place. And so we named the EP after it. And it's on Kickstarter. If you go to kickstarter.com slash, or I don't know, you know, slash but just search vocal Vocal few you can get get the album there's seven days maybe six days at this point left uh to pre-order it and you know all that stuff so rad well that's great well we support you fully and am excited i mean i know i'm impressed by all the stuff you do you know like doing things with y'all because it's you've got the right vibe it's the kind of thing where you go is the people gonna have regret you know like you're never going to regret it because you're going to do it. You're going to try it. You're just going to do it. Happen. So it's better than living with regrets. And I, I'm, I, yeah. I like hanging. I'm glad you I report like back the negative sides of bullshit that you try too. That's not helpful oh, for the tons. rest of everybody. So yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. like yeah. that. I, I really that's like. what I want people to. That's what we really want people to know is like, yeah, we're doing it, but also, you know, it's not it's like, unrealistic. It's yeah. not some. It's some perfect Instagram feed all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's real life. It's hard to. It's it worth difficult. it. It's hard, but it's worth it. Well, do us a favor yeah. and Instagram so. y'all's next fight. Just hit, turn it on and leave it. <laughs> yeah. Just leave it running. Live run. really stream. <laughs> Fucking go <down>. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matt and Chrissy. They're the, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, we love Why weren't you, guys you nicer to, to the homeless man? <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys too, man. I, I know my book is I'm Surrounded by Idiots, but I never feel like I'm surrounded by idiots when I'm with you guys. In fact, I <laughs> oh, feel like the you. idiot lots of times because you guys are so aggressive. So it makes me feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel safe. I'm surrounded by aggressive people. It's the name of your book. Surrounded by apes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. Sweet. All right, nice. Okay. Thank you, Matt and Christy. That Sweet. Good. Do y'all think y'all could uh, do that? Like, I, I keep thinking, Hell could no. Jess and I do two weeks in an RV? And it might, it like, seriously, I, I don't see how it couldn't just destroy us. Like, I mean, it, it, when they were at my house, it was fun. It was cool. But you have to be a parent nonstop and all your living uh, space is it's big and also super small at the same time you know you're always in an rv you're in the world so it's you feel a little homeless mm. but you do have your little you know rv and stuff like that i think it would i want to do it and i think i will force my family at some point to take an <laughs> rv trip 
But well, it is a little nerve wracking. I could do the trip part of it, but the actual working relationship and creative relationship, they didn't discuss that. But that would be two whole other things that exaggerate the problems. Like you had to agree about yeah. who played what notes right or what they should do. I don't that's wanna, a better like, you yeah, know that's a better question. You don't want me saying yeah. that stuff to Bridget. Like come on, C sharp again. All right. Joey, that's you think you could well. work can Joey, could you work like could you and Priscilla have a business and run it together or would that cause headbutting pretty bad? Huh. Well we we actually I mean she was my church admin. That's true. I she thought it went a lot better than what I thought. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, seem I, like a great idea. It doesn't seem, I doesn't mean that it's not healthy. It just seems like for any marriage, that would be press pushing the boundaries of what well, would I mean, be healthy. Here, here, so here's the thing is like, I am pretty detail oriented. I think Toby makes fun of me for being a micromanager, but I don't think I am. Nobody else thought I was. So I don't know if he's kidding or not, but I definitely, if, if, if I do put like a deadline or I want something to be done a certain way or, hey, we need to stay on top of this, like I definitely don't want to just throw those instructions out and get sucked into a black hole. So here I am at a, a one-on-one performance evaluation with my wife. That oh, just nobody should be in that no. situation. That's what I'm saying. Nobody. It's just it's beyond. It's kind of some boundaries, I think. But. Yeah. So we we actually had to figure out a different system. So someone at our campus, uh, Andy Gill, was uh, became Priscilla's supervisor. Um, but then it was one of those deals to where he answered to me. So we set it up Still to weird. where he, it, it, like if, if there was a, a, a possibility that there was something going on with Priscilla that was rubbing him the wrong way or was, you know, immoral or she was doing a horrible job. He went to the COO of Seacoast and not me. Cause that, that's just, that, that would be tough too. So yeah, I, I think, I I do think though that Priscilla and I were at such a healthier place in our marriage now to where we wouldn't have had near as many problems as what I perceived we had back in the day. So we're uh, man, life is just so good right now. I mean, marriage is awesome, life is awesome. Have you ever gotten to a point like uh, what they said where y'all didn't really like each other? You think? Uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Jess and I have. Priscilla remembers. Priscilla remembers. kind of like a a line in the sand moment where we just got in the biggest fight and we were so mad at each other. She remembers going upstairs and hugging Rosa and Gwenny. Those are our only two kids at, the, at that point. And she remembers saying to herself, I will find my happiness in them because my marriage, I'll be in it, but it just sucks. And she was like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Like it was yeah. like a, yeah. this, if yeah, I go yeah, this direction, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad. If I go yeah, this direction, this this will end in failure, and I yeah. can't do this. So I it was like, I can't do this. But I think she. Made, I think that is so tempting of a thing to do because it's like you want to categorize something and escape it, but that won't work, of course. But I think a lot of people face that, and they, I, I think it happens all the time, and it results in a lot of resentments and other things. You know, it's like once you decide to stop fighting, that's when you got to watch right. out. Is what I think. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. the, the amount sometimes that Bridget and I don't fight is more makes me more nervous than what we're fighting about or whatever. That's not. Right. That's just. That's at least all of it. If it's all yep. of it, it's like, well, it's no point trying with this dummy to even have it's an just argument. So like, like, Once you get there, you're in trouble. 
like McDonald said, like it's just so easy to think of your life as and your spouse as a given. Yeah, oh, they're there. Yeah. You're married. You did all that. You did all that foo foo stuff. So uh, what? What do you? You know. And so it's easy and. All the shit mounts up and you know immediately, like, you know, in your marriage, you know, when somebody's saying something or acting a certain way, you've seen it a bunch before. So you already have that. There's not anything, you know, they're getting past you or whatever. So it's really hard to, it's way easier to be friendly and kind and respect people that aren't that close to you. When you get that close and live together and do everything together and share family together and kids and everything and all your shit, they see all your shit all the time. Even the little stuff just adds up and adds up to where that, that I still believe that's one of the biggest flaws of church, how they presented marriage to me and yeah, not yeah. the reality of well, it. So there's a backside of what we're saying there. I'm saying that, yeah, you have to stay in there and fight and do these things and you, it, you can't disengage and you have to make it work. I am saying that. And I think that's true. But there's another side to that that I think is pretty destructive too, and it's a it's a Christian cliche of it, and it's the one where your marriage is, you you put pressure on people to have these marriages that are fa- a little more fantastical than is realistic, and that's very detrimental in my opinion. Yeah. Like the one where yeah. you think, like I'm not under any illusion that Bridget and I are super close. Like, no, nah, we don't dislike each other. I don't think. I mean, it's possible even that sometimes, but I'm also not under the illusion that we're like. We really are close and super deeply connected on all these levels. No, I mean, there's a lot to be improved there, and it may never get approved. But that, and I can live with that. That actually, I think, is a strength of our marriage in some ways. It's just that, you know, but the the one where the the Christian cliches, they say, you have to fix everything. Like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It means you can't go to bed until you resolve a fight and everything's perfect (laughs) harmony. That'll ruin your marriage for sure. There's no way to resolve it before the sun goes down. Yeah, I had to get over a lot of of I mean, obviously in every category land. of my life get over guilt, but in, in marriage, like I mean, it was like it all the way from not having as much sex as I thought that we should. Not as much as yeah, I all wanted. The, right, the should part. But I was yeah. bombarded with should. Hey, yeah, we exactly. should That's what to, I mean. to have a healthy healthier marriage. We should be doing this more. You know, all the way to we should be enjoying each other's company more. And and I remember I remember recognizing, you know what? If I go to work and I just left Priscilla and we just had a big argument, I've got to learn how not to allow that to affect the rest of my day because that is that's one yeah. part of my life and it is super important. But I would let the guilt and like the I you know, just I felt so bad the fact that I couldn't even leave the house on good terms with my wife. I would feel this small, like just so tiny. And I had to learn how to be like, no, it's it's okay. That is a normal part of life. And now I can enjoy my day. And then when I go back home, yeah, it's something I need to work on, but I don't need to let it ruin my whole day, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Let's uh there is one more data-driven approach to extending your marriage, and that's the the BC Club. It's oh, if you don't join that, you're screwed. I mean, it's not a guarantee. It's just the you, you, the likelihood of getting divorced goes down. Basically, are we right. going to be around long enough to where there's divorce stats in the BC Club? <laughs> right. Well, I imagine. Well, I don't know. It probably already I, is. I think that I mean, is I, already. Yeah, we've I'm seen many people talk through their divorce in the BC Club, have we not? Not more, there's more than zero. It's a well, non-zero. There's at least one marriage from the BC Club. That's true. We might be a net positive. That's true. Yeah. If you want to meet your, if you want to meet your soulmate, then join the BC Club. It's not guaranteed. It's just (laughs) most likely going to happen. Is all. Yeah, Matt. Do you support any podcasts? 
you listen to more podcasts than I do. do you yeah, I told y'all about the the one that I was doing is the Rob Reed one. Um, that's after on, but I don't have another one. And I, I was gonna pick another one soon because I'm gonna try to keep up with it. But I won't report yeah. that falsely until I select it and give give you money. Hey, I I want to give a, a free shout out. There is a um, and and I I promise you I. I'm not going to promote a crappy podcast. Um, it's just I, I want people to trust what I point them in the direction towards. There's a BC clubber, uh, Rhea, and her husband. Um, she's she's the main force behind it, but it's called Depth of Echoes, and it is a podcast that centers around uh, mental illness, and it is unreal. Like the production, and you can speak is, from at that from because you are mentally ill. Yes, the production is great. She actually interviews her husband when he was in a mental um, institution. Um, uh, Seth and Melanie uh, were on it, Seth giving his perspective from a professional standpoint, but it is really good because it gets so many different stories. And it, it, I listen to a podcast like that, and I'm like, we really have it made. Like, we're a really big podcast, and all we do is get on here and talk. <laughs> we don't do any sort of production, no music, nothing to you know, make people cry or anything like that. But hats off to uh, Raya Dickerson for yeah. uh, such an and awesome And for being podcast. a longtime and, club member and participator there. Thank you, Raya, for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. So these folks recently joined, and that's Adam Thomas, Stefan Bridges, Josh Gray, Matt Thornton, uh, Yulia Yag, Yagolnivak. Uh-huh. Yeah, wait you nailed second. it. I nailed it. Nailed I got to go back on this one. Yulia Yagolnikov. Yagolnikov. All right. Thank you for that easy name, uh, Yulia's parents. John Grant, Matthew Tanner Bangus. (laughs) (laughs) That got you. Yeah, Bangus is kind of like bang and us. yeah, never mind. Yeah. Justin Anderson, Toby, I didn't get their sin, so I'm going to start all over on this. No, I, no, no, no. You, we've moved on past it. Adam you Thomas should have moved on. Sorry, he should have moved on. That no, was a sin. Okay, God Stephon Bridges tithed only nine percent last month. Josh Gray uh, coveted his neighbor's ass. Matt Thornton <laughs> took his neighbor's ass. Yelia, yeah. Yeah, Golnikov, he actually joined the BC Club by hacking the system, and he's not paying. Mm-hmm. John Grant? Uh, coveted his neighbor's wife's ass. Matthew Tanner Bangus, we can't really say on here what he did. because it's, it's, it, Everybody knows. Everybody it's, gets it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty evident. <laughs> Justin Anderson? Whacking. <laughs> I didn't say what. No, you, Some, what, there's lots of things you can whack. Yeah, lots of I, I'm not trying to. I'm not <laughs> getting specific. He whacked syndicate. it. He may be in the long. He whacked it when he shouldn't have. Chronic masturbator. We don't know. He whacked it when he shouldn't have. Is all I want to say. I, we protect people on here. We, he whacked it's it. It's whacking related. It could be a Tony. Soprano I mean, if it, if this is wife, that's a really bad but sin. Like know. he whacked his wife. <laughs> Man, whacking Toby, it. Remember when Toby, you, used to, you were young and you whacked it? <laughs> <laughs> Toby, I hope next time we podcast, my voice isn't like this, so you'll actually love me again. Nope, I can't love you again. Your voice is just too much. I I'm sorry, I won't ever man. forgive you for your, the way you sound. 
Okay. All right. You know, you know, they're stacking up Vegas. 